I'm Leanne Spencer, founder of Body Shop Performance Limited, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and your host. This is the Remove the Guesswork podcast, the show where I interview influential people in the health, fitness, and well-being space to bring you the latest ideas on how to optimize your mind, body, and well-being. The show is brought to you by my company, Body Shop Performance. We create total solutions to optimize your health by focusing on sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. We work with busy professionals on a one-to-one basis for six or 12 months using the latest science and technology. And Body Shop also work with businesses who want to create a culture of energy, vitality and performance and position well-being as a competitive advantage. Find out more at bodyshopperformance.com and enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to the Remove the Guest Work podcast. I'm Leanne Spencer. And this week, I've got two guests. In fact, there are four of us on the podcast. There's myself, my co-founder, Antonia, and Joshua Villar and Kitty Erickson. And together, they run a business called Wushu London. So the website is wushulondon.co.uk. Wushu is spelled W-U-S-H-U. And these two people, we've actually done a little bit of work with them on Kung Fu, but they teach a number of of traditional and more modern Chinese martial art forms. So Tai Chi, Kung Fu, Chinese kickboxing, children's Kung Fu. And they do this primarily out of South London, Brixton, and then over in Twickenham in Southwest London. And we have a really interesting conversation with them around what Chinese martial arts are, what benefits you get from it, both physically and mentally. We talk a bit about the mind-body connection, We talk about the physicality of it and how that can be really fantastic for children, for example, as well as adults. We talk about the discipline around martial arts. I hope you enjoy this conversation. If you want to connect with either Kitty or Joshua or try one of their classes, they do the first class free, then you can do that by going onto the website, wushulondon.co.uk. You'll find the link in the show notes and their own contact details in the show notes as well. And connect and follow these guys. It's some you can find the social media links on their website. Really interesting people, and it was a, it was a good conversation. So I hope you enjoy this as much as I did recording it. And yeah, enjoy the show. So Kitty, Joshua, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, fellas. So it's New Year's Day. Well, at least it will be when this goes out. Obviously, it's not right now, but go with it. And Antonio, of course, my co-founder. Yes, as hello. Well. I thought it'd be really great. Now, there's a lot of energy at this time of year. Probably not right on this day itself. There may be some hangovers and various other things lurking <laughs> around. But people come into the new year and they have a, a newly restored energy. And often it's about fitness. It's about resolutions. And I'm not particularly behind that. But people listening in are going to be perhaps thinking about new ways that they can explore fitness. Well-being is a huge topic for people. I think there's going to be a lot of interest in well-being. And how can I have a better year in terms of looking after my well-being? And I thought it'd be quite nice to have you guys on and talk about martial arts and try and give people some ideas around what else they can do that's a little bit different, that's predicated around martial arts. Mm-hmm. And you guys seem to be really good people to, to have on to talk about that. But firstly, that's just setting, a, setting the scene for anyone listening in. Introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about how you got into what you do. Mine's slightly different to Josh's. So I started my story will relate probably to some people feeling mildly hungover on New Year's Day, is I started martial arts when my first, no, second child was about one because I felt absolutely exhausted and needed to move dynamically again. So I actually started with Tai Chi, which was a nice gentle way of getting into martial arts. Just describe Tai Chi for us. 
Tai Chi is a slow-moving martial art that focuses on relaxation, <laughs> breath work, stability, leg strength. So it's an ideal way to start if you haven't exercised for a while, just mm -hmm. get back into it. So I started with that and then I remember I used to watch the Kung Fu class straight afterwards and get slightly jealous. And eventually, about three months or something later, four months later, I stayed for my first Kung Fu class and it just sort of built from there. So it was a nice way to build into it. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. And I haven't looked back since. And you now teach, don't you? So both of you have a business called Wushu. Yeah. I think the website is Wushu London. Wushu London. Yeah. yeah, we teach in Brixton and Twickenham and we teach classes together. Mm -hmm. so we both teach in quite different ways. Mm -hmm. We have different fortes, so it works really well as a team. Okay. Better for us, better for our students. Well. Yeah, Kitty is definitely more detail orientated. I'm kind of bigger picture in the right. way we teach. So it's quite quite a good balance between the two of us. Kitty will welcome the secrecy. I kind of see the overall journey you're going through and help lead you through that. So we, we work well together. Cool. As okay. A team. Before good. we come to you, Joshua, I mean, what do you get from martial arts? What does it provide you? I mean, obviously, it's a show about well-being. Yeah, I mean, I am somebody that has always liked movement so it gives me focus to my movement mm -hmm. it also cuts everything out when you're practicing martial arts it's just all about it is mostly unless I'm sparring or doing pad work about me mm. so it's a mind-body connector you're thinking about what you're doing at the time how your body is moving there's a lot of breath work involved which is really good also for releasing tension so yeah I, I if I go into class feeling slightly grotty I always come out feeling lifted and relaxed. Mm. So I guess that's what that's what it gives me. And I like the martiality of it as well. I really enjoy that. I've always liked play fighting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So let's come back to that and the mind-body connector. So that's going to be an interesting thing to unpick a bit. But Joshua, what's your background? So I started dancing when I was eight years old. So that was kind of my introduction to movement. And... From there, I decided I didn't really like performing that much. So I thought, what can I do with movement that isn't performance-based, but it still gives me that that sense of kind of release and freedom that movement gives me. And so I started doing martial arts when I was about 12 years old. And I was still dancing at the time. I stopped dancing when I was 16 because I decided I didn't want to take it up professionally. So I, just, I stuck with the martial arts. And I just fell in love with the martial arts because it felt like it had more purpose to it than dance. For me, personally, it had more purpose to it. It had the history behind it. It had the ability to use it combatively and fight, mm. which is what I do now. I compete professionally as a professional fighter, as well as teaching. It just, it had everything I wanted in a movement-based discipline, which was a continuation for dance for me, especially the Kung Fu, because it's got quite a few flowery movements, which translated quite well from the dance but then learning how to apply them and use them is what kind of brought that to life for me mm. in a way mm. so that's sort of understanding and you have the same sort of connection between mind and body do you yes in a way i do so for me it's been different because i've grown up doing it so it's through different parts of my life it's served a different purpose so because i'm a young but relatively young man it's allowed me to sort of express my aggression and my fighting. And when I was a teenager, it stopped me from getting into too much trouble because it allowed me to express that in, mm -hmm. in a way. It gave me that discipline, it gave me that structure. And now as I have a career in it and I continue to fight professionally, 
it gives me that stability of a career and it gives me that outlet of my passion as well through my through my com- mm. competing it allows me to express that and I imagine as I get older and as my training changes and as you know as as, as it needs to as you get older I'll be able to maintain it because I can change the way I train within the martial art mm. it's not like sprinting or or other competitive sports where you have to compete against in a team or other people necessarily you can make an individual journey an individual process mm-hmm. which i will do as i get older that's interesting no. something you've just said there that there's longevity to this it's a sport mm. that you can age with yes do you yeah. call it a sport yeah. so what i do as a sport so i do something called sandar which is chinese kickboxing which is basically kickboxing so the punches are kicking and bonding kickboxing with the takedowns of traditional kung fu mm-hmm. that is a sport it's you know you win medals you go to competitions the pure kind of it's also a martial art but the kind of the more it's got aspects of yeah. martial art in it and they've turned it into a sport with specific rules exactly. mm. yeah. yeah so i mean it's you would call it more of a practice or an art form or so in, in terms of in terms of tai chi and kung fu i call it an art yeah, I don't know what what do you call it, Joshua. I always think of it as an art because it can change with you. That's the way my mind has always seen it. I agree with that completely, but it also depends what you want. So if you want to be able to practice it combatively, you can practice combatively, and if you want to practice it in terms of movement and longevity, you can also practice it in terms of movement and longevity. Mm. So it's determined by the outcome you want as a practitioner, mm. rather than whether it's a sport, it's not dictated by a sport. Martial arts in itself is a huge array of things. And then you can pick and choose depending on who you are, what point of your life you're in, the teacher you find, and you can decide how you want to take it from there. Okay, cool. Mm. I want to follow up in a second on what you did. You both mentioned fighting or play fighting in that kind of context. And I want to follow up on that. But firstly, Antonio, so you're the Body Shop co-founder, mm-hmm. you took up, Kitty was your introduction yes, to come through. Yeah. What do you get from it? So for me, it's very much about longevity and health. So I used to practice yoga and unfortunately, personally, it didn't provide me with what I needed to get from it. Like, you know, focus on myself, moving my body in different aspects, just concentration. And Why are you not getting that from yoga? It's just the classes are full, very, very full. Um, there are about 40 people sometimes in the classes around here. It can be very competitive i know it's not in the spirit of yoga at all to be competitive but some classes are more competitive than others and even though i try to just focus on myself you know you are influenced what's going on around you mm-hmm. and i just could not really relate to some and that's just i'm not rubbishing yoga at all it's just my personal experience with some of some yoga teachers out there that you know i i need a connection with a yoga teacher i need a connection with the person who teaches yoga and sometimes you know no disrespect to younger people obviously but sometimes they're 25 or you know 25 20 30 years old and i can't really i can't really connect with them because they're too young for me however with with kung fu i found this yes it's physical, so as you said, you know, you can take out of it whatever you want. You can, you know, there's a very physical side to it, like the burpees, the squats, the whatever yeah, you made us do. This, this, this funny, <laughs> this funny press-up thingies and uh, crawling around the floor, and it's very physical in that regard. But equally, you know, just your movement, your hands, you know, almost, you know, cor- you know, my upper crane block, you know, flappy hands, you know, no, it has to be like this. You know, you have to really focus very on. Precise. It's quite precise if you want to do it. You know, so you focus on it. And what I like as well, because what I didn't realize at the beginning is you are. So in the class that I'm going out go to now, there are about 15 people maybe in the room, and we all move in the same 
in the same direction, forwards, backwards, and that sort of stuff, as you know. And uh, I never understood why you're doing this. And I was told then later on, this is just to tune into your senses so you know what's happening in front of you, behind you, and the side, and the side of you, right, left. So, you know, and that's kind of strengthening all the senses that you have, but you're not using, we're not so using them anymore. It's not just a physical thing, then. No, it's... it's you get sort of... It, it strengthens all to the nervous system, to your coordination, yeah, and movement, reception, yeah. everything. And the movement, because for me, health and fitness has always been a journey. And I'm moving, you know, when we qualified as personal trainers, we were all about bench prayers and single arm rows and, mm. you know, lifting heavy, squat low and all that sort of stuff. And, yeah, being like, look at my guns. And, <laughs> and you know, as I progress on my own journey, so I, I'm actually moving away from this. For me, it's actually more about really longevity and movement and healthy movement in the long term because kung fu i suppose yoga as well you know they they kind of you age with them mm. you know sort of age so it's not something that you have to stop doing when you're 60 mm. you know you're less likely to run a marathon when you're 60 but you can but you're less likely to do it but with 60 and when you're 60 you're still able to do kung fu mm. or some or, or version of it anyway yeah, yeah. so that's that's why so yeah, is it a sport that you start when you're, or rather, is it an art form or a practice that you adopt when you're young? You both mentioned sort of fighting. Well, I started thing. quite late, actually. I think I was around 37. Right. Yeah, something like that. It's young, it's, but it's not young in the context. It's not young it. compared to John. <laughs> she was, who was 12. You know, we teach children who are four or five. Mm. So you can start really whenever. Uh, there, there is no cap on... I think training, no matter what age you are, is more of the mentality you come out with the training rather than necessarily your, your physical ability. It's, the, it's, it's understanding where you are and how you train within that, not I'm old, so therefore I can't do this. It's I'm this age, when you train in a certain way, but that's not what's what I'm trying to say. It's not stopping you from progressing. It's not stopping you from developing and yeah. moving forward with your art and your practice. You can still do that, it's just you do it in the context in which you're currently in. Yeah, yeah you have to accept where you are, Yes, yeah. which people find quite difficult. And so I think that's what I like about it, you have to accept where you are, and yeah. you, have to under- you have to accept that you can't, because you can't necessarily do everything, because, you know, having a background in PT and physical movement, you know, just accept that you turn up to a Kung Fu class and just can do it. I mean, the hardest thing for me was actually hand legs eye coordination and everything you know hands doing one thing legs doing something else and you said to me in the very first class I attended this is going to be more challenging up here yeah than physically you know and I said really and it was and it still is I mean I'm, I'm still getting my hands wrong and you know it's still very much a mental challenge for me yeah more than a physical which is why you have to switch off yeah. from everything else and just yeah. totally hone in yeah and then after that that mental challenge mm. is that wonderful bit where you you, you start doing it mm. automatically. Yeah, when it becomes... Happens, a, yes. And that's a really nice release. Yeah. That's a so is there release. a meditative element to it then? You know, the, the shutting yeah. down or the quieting of the mind? For me, yeah, it's... Okay, it's, it's, it's a quietening of part of your mind and the other part is lifted and fully there. Mm. And you, I go into... I like it. I think I described this to Josh recently. I like it when I go into completely in the zone doing that movement, which you, you get in martial arts as well. And when you're sparring or doing sparring drills with one another, you're completely, you, you don't know what's going on. You know, you don't care about the people watching you. You're just focused on the person in front Or anything of you. else that might be going yeah. on in your head. Because I yeah. think a challenge for a lot of people, certainly listeners of the podcast, will be closing off part of the mind, or not closing off, quietening 
parts of their mind yeah. and finding something that's therapeutic in that sense i distracts you from whatever it is that's preoccupying your thoughts yeah. is what a lot of people I think are striving to find so I wanted to follow up on something we mentioned earlier about that fighting and play fighting because I've got a, a six-year-old godson and he is fascinated by wrestling and fighting and play fighting and going through all the motions of it and I, I think that martial arts would be something that would be excellent to get him into but do you think it's a good thing to instill discipline in kids? Uh, yes, but it's the type of discipline is, will never be the same as adults, regardless. Yeah. It has to be a different sort of discipline. So what we found through teaching is that they have to enjoy what they're doing, otherwise they won't pay attention to what you're teaching them. Kids have the ability to just switch off, and if they switch off, it's very hard to make them re-engage. So what you have to do is you kind of have to instill discipline without necessarily realising they're being disciplined because mm. you keep it so active and you keep it, they keep them so interested that they don't have time to ever turn around and go, I'm bored or I don't want to do this, you know, because it's so, well, it's like what you said, that joy your, your godson, godson, sorry? Yeah. godson gets from that kind of animal play. It's emulated in class. It's just emulated in a safe, structured way. Mm. So they get that joy, but they just get it formed up in lines. And they get it when they're practicing their takedowns on each other. They, yeah, they still love doing that. Yeah. Do we, we teach them to do a little bit of sanda in our children's kung fu class. So they do what's called a single leg takedown or a movement from our tai chi, which is a takedown. And they just, their faces are like <laughs> smiling away and... And it's gentle. They're not. They do listen. They're not aggressive with one another, and they really enjoy learning about how their bodies can do these different things. Yeah, mm. and I think it's good for kids as well to yeah. to learn the importance of rough play and wrestling and, and martial arts and so on. But also when that stops, and how to get themselves back into a, like we're not doing that anymore. You know, to switch off that side of them. I think that's a very important lesson to learn because you learn people's pain thresholds as well, what you can and cannot do to people. You know, people pull your hair, you go, when kids pull your hair, sorry, you go, ow, that hurts. And they go, okay, that causes pain. And they learn that causes pain. They understand that when they take someone down, if they take them down the wrong way, they can cause pain. And that's not necessarily the objective of the class is to understand how the mechanics work, how you take someone down, but then keeping it, as I said, it's structured discipline, safe discipline, and it's that play, but just done in a safe way. Yeah, we also, um, we do quite a lot of breath work with our adults and our children at the end of class. We spend a little bit of time to bring your energy back down, and the kids respond really well to it, and then they meditate, and they... <laughs> so you do some breathing to relax the nervous system. That's what we do at the end of our personal training sessions, yeah. actually, for the few we still do. We do the last five minutes of, of breathing, because the nervous system's in what you do, yeah. And what we do as well, you know, we're going to be quite elevated, quite sympathetic yeah. dominant. Yeah. So you try and get the more parasympathetic dominant as they walk out of the room. Yeah, it's, um, it's an important thing to be able yeah, to do, so. um, to just bring yourself down. Also, if you've trained at night and you've just been yeah. sparring, if you just go straight home, you're going to be set up wired in bed going... Yeah. Yeah. So we, we always make sure we bring it down, do a nice cool down, do breath work. Yeah. But it works very well with children. Like, they always just respond really well to mm. it. You've given them that high octane energy outlet and then they respond well to being a lot of fantastic things which I think is nice for the parents as well yeah (laughs) (laughs) so what kind of people come to classes it's a real mishmash it is yeah actually I mean there are always going to be people in our classes that like us so there's always going to be some kind of link there but we've got all sorts of different people yeah different age groups 
What tends to happen is people who practice Tai Chi do tend to be older. They tend to start with Tai Chi when they're older and be are less drawn to Kung Fu. But we've got 30, 40-year-olds in Kung Fu as well who still practice that. 50-year-olds, yeah, we've got 50-year-olds, a, a rugby referee who likes it, yeah, likes the rough and tumble of it. But we, yeah, it's, it's a real mix of people that come because again, we can, and especially us as instructors and coaches, we like to teach the individual mm. as well as the group. We, we understand that people need that one-to-one mm. teaching, that one-to-one learning and not just everyone does the same thing because if someone has a knee injury, you obviously can't do squats and, mm. you know, you change the exercises depending mm. on who they are. So it works if you have a 25-year-old and a 50-year-old, you train them slightly differently. Mm-hmm. And even in the context of a group, you can still make that work. Yeah, we always find out, try and find out what people's personal goals are, what do you want out of it, and they'll be quite different. Mm-hmm. So we also have teenagers training with us, and some of those, their goals might be, you know, personal safety, mm-hmm. some of them learning want to compete. a new skill, mm-hmm. yeah, c- some competing, of them want to compete. yeah, some people want to compete. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really varied, actually. And what, what, just coming back to what Josh said about older people, <laughs> I think what he actually means is like people 30 plus. I didn't necessarily mean that. <laughs> I didn't necessarily mean people 30 plus. I was talking about like 60. Like really plus. old. Yeah. Like proper old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> Okay, oh, I'm There are with Tai Chi, not so much with Kung Fu or the other martial arts. In terms of the breathing and relaxation, it's been proven to help with leg strength in older people, balance, which is very important. And when I say older, I'm talking like 70 plus here, Kitty. Um, helps with balance and coordination as you get older. So it reduces the risk of falling, which is very important, which is why the NHS recommends Tai Chi. Yeah, I thought that was going to say I thought yeah. they did, yeah. But in terms of Kung Fu itself, it's aerobically very good for you, you know, it builds up your lactic systems as well. It can be very short and powerful movements. So in terms of general fitness, it's very good for you, but there's been no specific studies, as far as I'm aware, on Kung Fu as a, as a practice. More general martial arts, kind of like MMA and things like that, it's been proven to massively help you with your aerobic and anaerobic mm. fitness. Mm. But definitely, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the people that we have in Tai Chi are there specifically to get their core strength back and their stability back. Mm-hmm. And it's really wonderful watching the progression. It's mm-hmm. great. So how do you, how does your classes do your classes work? So, I mean, you do Tai Chi, you do Kung Fu, you do the Chinese kickboxing version. How, how do you, do you do different things on different days or? 
Yeah, well, we have the structure that we work under is we have each month we have a different theme of what we're going to sort of hone in on, mm. what we're going to work on, and you sort of focus on that for the month. It's usually slightly different for Tai Chi and then for Kung Fu, and we also teach practical Kung Fu. So we have a class that's dedicated to how to use your Kung Fu. <laughs> we'll have a theme for that per month, so we sort of go through that. Mm. So this month we're working on what to do when you're in a clinch. Basically mm. when someone grabs you, yeah, and you're, you're in close. Mm. How do you get out of that? Mm. And what, what strikes do you use? Mm. So we'll do drills for that, and we'll do partner work and pad work just to mm. fully have a, a physical understanding and a mental understanding of distancing and, and what to do mm. the movements themselves. So there's a strong focus on self-defence. Yeah, so the Kung Fu class, so Kung Fu traditionally was, is made for very, very close combat, short, close combat, and then getting away, basically. That is oh. what Kung Fu for. The Sandar that we teach as well is, is that, but done at consensual fighting range, which is where two people stand outside of striking range and then move in and out of striking range in effect. Mm -hmm. The Kung Fu is non-consensual, where someone attacks you, and that range is closed very quickly. It's very good because it's very close, very messy, and then it comes away. Because ultimately what we are teaching is a martial art, mm -hmm. and the kind of the base layer, it is combative. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is the main difference between sort of competitive fighting and what traditional style should be teaching you, mm -hmm. is that kind of very close, very short combat. Mm -hmm. So clinch work for this month's theme is very important because when you're in that range, it's very likely someone will grab you or try to pull you down. It's the ability to posture up, position yourself in a way and get away safely. And also know what strikes will work so you wouldn't pull back to strike because you'd open yourself up. So mm -hmm. short, really short, snappy mm -hmm. strikes, how to use your body and bring your body into that. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, because I think what people don't know, you know, you mentioned Kung Fu that actually, I'm not sure if you actually used it, but Kung Fu that actually works, whereas opposed to Kung Fu that is more performance-based. Yeah, performance-based. Yeah. So can you explain a little bit more about, about that, the difference If there is. There is. So this is to do with the history of Chinese martial arts, which is very, very broad and long. I'll just give it a brief rundown. But basically, during the Cultural Revolution, they got rid of lots of martial arts, traditional martial arts, because, you know, you're trying to maintain power. A good way to maintain power is to get rid of the people that can fight. Mm. So they cut a lot of that out. And with that, died a lot of the teeth, let's say, of the martial art. It lost its potency instead of the ability to be able to fight. So it became more performance art and more of a kind of spiritual and meditative practice in terms of, you know, health and general well-being, mm -hmm. which is perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. But what we're trying to do is trying to reintroduce the teeth back into martial art, into that martial art and make it combative again. Yeah. So even though we do have those side, the kind of the general well-being, the health side of it, we take that all into account. But then what our goal is, as well as those things, is to be able to teach you how to Use what you learn and apply it against a resisting opponent, against someone who's trying to stop you from doing it. Mm. Which is why we offer a different class. So we, we do Tai Chi, which you can do for whatever reason you want, mm -hmm. relaxation, leg strength. We do Kung Fu, where you learn the movements, you drill those movements, you do a little pad work to learn those movements more. And then we do a practical Kung Fu class where you use the movements from Tai Chi and Kung Fu and use them against a resisting partner in a very controlled way. Mm. It's, yeah, it is a lot of fun mm. when, you start, when mm. it starts clicking into place. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It sounds it actually. It does mm. sound amazing. I mean, you go every week, don't you, with that yeah. fail? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I do. I like it. 
but not so much for fighting. <laughs> it's not necessarily that. I mean, it's always a good skill to have, I guess, you know, just in case. But actually, I don't know if I, if I would be able to use anything because if somebody attacked me, I would be like <gasps> frozen, you know. Well, you don't, don't know that. that. Yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know that, but it kind of, you know. And then also, hang on a second, you have to stand a bit more like this. Yeah. Hang on, it's not quite <laughs> yeah, the yeah. right position. I can't really... <laughs> yeah, left, left, forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's a bit like, hmm. Yeah, so, but no, I love it. I love it. I think, yeah, it has replaced yoga for me. Um, so your website is wushulondon.com co.uk dot co.uk yeah. right wushulondon.co.uk and we'll get that right in the show notes if people are London based because I presume you're, you are London we are yeah. which bits of London are you serving how does it work in terms of pricing sign up try, try it out sessions and so on okay so we're based in Brixton so we teach in Brixton on okay. Tuesdays and Thursdays and we are based in Twickenham where we teach on Wednesdays and Fridays mm. And is it evening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Currently we teach evenings. We do one kids' class a week, which is on a Tuesday in Brixton, age 5 to 10. 11, 10. yeah, 10, yeah. 11. And then in terms of pricing, the first trial class is free. And then we have different monthly packages depending on how often, how many times a week you want to train. And the best thing to do is go onto the website because you can see a full list on the website of everything we offer including timetable and class prices and a bit about Kitty and myself, if you're interested. Okay, cool. And what's the looks for you guys? You know, where do you, is this a, a solid business for you or is it? Yeah. So, so what's the ambition of the business? Take over the world. Well, yeah. What, <laughs> what we don't want is, uh, you know, 100 people in the class. Mm. We want to keep it. We want to keep coaching. I've been doing coaching courses to make sure I upskill myself constantly Coaching in terms of <clears throat> martial arts coaching, yeah. okay. and specifically for martial artists. Josh is competing. I'll he- let him talk about that. And we just, we're just. I mean, we've only been open since September, so it's fairly early days. It's going really well, and we'll just continue yeah. building upon that. It would be really great to have some people enter some Taolu competitions, which is Kung Fu patterns competitions, for some people to enter. Sandal competitions, which we'll do through the BCCMA, which is the British Council for Chinese Martial Arts. So, yeah, anything to add to that? Uh, Well, I just think the main our main objective is to keep it is not to end up with forty people in the class, basically, in terms of ambition. We don't want to be this massive business. We want to earn enough money to live off, Mm. and then focus on the teaching. That's kind of our main focus. And me personally, my focus is well, apart from teaching, is to carry on competing for as long as I can. So I've got a fight in February in France against the Sandar National Champion, French Sandar National Champion, thank you, which is very exciting. And then I have the European Championships after that. Oh, well. Yeah. It's in Russia, cool. isn't it? In Russia. In, in Moscow, Russia. Russia, wow. yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll make no more non-PC competing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <yeah>. in Russia. <laughs> okay, listen, guys, thanks very much for coming in. All the best with the business, with the classes. I think what really comes through is the passion you've got for this. It doesn't feel like a monetary business at all. It feels like you want to get as many people getting the benefits of these various different martial art forms as yeah. you can. So thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Definitely.